This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Welcome in to another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and you are listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Um, We have a very interesting and fun show for you today. We have a very, very interesting and good guest. Um, She is the assistant men's tennis coach at Gustavus Adolphus College, um, a D3 school in St. Peter, Minnesota, and also the director of tennis operations at Tennis and Life Camps in St. Peter, Minnesota at Gustavus as well. That's where I met her. Um, she also worked there the same time Ostway Adams, Osti Adams, and Mason Bolchi, both friends and colleagues and really good tennis players that I've had on this podcast. She played tennis at St. Catharines University. She's a lefty with some power. Um, she's from Brainerd, Minnesota, which is about an hour where I went to college in St. Cloud. Um, and then she also has a lot of good insight on um, women's equality in sport, um, not only in sport, but in the world. And she's kind of a trailblazer of her own, considering she um, is the assistant men's tennis coach um, at Gustavus, which is phenomenal, and she's very worthy of it. She's an unbelievable mind of the sport of tennis, and we're very lucky to have her on today. Her name is Mackenzie Salo. Mackenzie, how are you? Good. How are you? I am quarantined and lonely, but doing great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. So being an assistant coach at Gustavus, obviously... Um, you have a little bit of information and an interesting track record to everything that's happened with the NCAA. So how mm-hmm. did you guys find out that your season was canceled and how did it go down um, with the tennis team there at Gustavus? Mm-hmm. So it was actually, it was, it was all kind of a whirlwind and it happened obviously very, very quickly. Um, the start of the week, we kind of had an idea that things were going on. Um, it really ramped up around like Wednesday. So the NCAA shut things down on Thursday. Um, so the start of the week, we had heard things like some conferences were getting canceled. And, you know, we just kind of tried to keep going on like we run things and focus on, hey, we're just going to assume everything is going to stay the same. We had matches on the weekend. So practice was was going smoothly and and our head coach kept telling us you know what let's just be grateful let's let's just enjoy the time we have together and just enjoy this practice so that was really kind of the start of the week and then on on Thursday was when things really got crazy um and so we we have a pretty big team and so we practice usually in two practices uh and the first group came in and they're practicing and obviously we hadn't heard anything yet that the NCAA shut down the uh, spring championships. So we were just going on like normal business. We met as a team in between the two practices just to talk about the weekends. Um, and so we got done with that and the second group started and it was kind of during that second group that us coaches and some of the guys in the first group had checked their phones and saw that the NCAA shut it down. Um, and it, that was pr- a pretty hard pill to swallow because obviously we didn't want that second group to know they were at practice. We wanted them to 
focus on that. Um, and so during that whole practice, we kind of talked about like, what does that mean? And we didn't really know what it meant for us because all the NCAA did was cancel spring championships. So they didn't cancel like individual school seasons. Um, but there was just no postseason at that point. So we really didn't know kind of what it meant. We, we had ideas of, you know, this is probably, probably it. Um, and so at the end of that second practice, we, we brought the guys in who were at that practice and told them the news that we'd found out during that practice. And we, we didn't really know where it was going to go. And we had a senior in there in that practice. And it was, it was really heartbreaking seeing him hear that news and seeing how he reacted and no, just knowing him personally and how much time he put into Gustavus tennis and into his team um, was, was really, really heartbreaking. I can't even imagine being in his shoes. Um, so that was, that was kind of the start of the, the chaos. And so then Friday we um, were supposed to play a match. So we were supposed to actually drive to St. Mary's and Monona for a match. And we were just going on like things were normal, but we had heard that the Mayak was going to make an announcement on our, on some announcements about the NCAA um, at some point during that day. So we were waiting, waiting, waiting. And I don't know, around noon that day, the Mayak came out and said that they, they shut down spring season. So any conference play was no more. So basically that's, that's our entire season. We don't really do that much non-conference um, play. They had said that all conference play is shut down, but any non-conference play is up to the individual institutions. Well, at that point, I mean, all conferences are getting shut down. We kind of figured, I mean, what non-conference school, if they're even in session anymore this semester, would want to, would be able to play. Um, so we had a team meeting then right afternoon and kind of first just went over logistics of just kind of, hey, this is where we're at. Mayak shut us down. We don't know if we, one, can even practice anymore. We don't know about non-conference. And at that point, Gustavus had not made a decision on, like, what they were going to do with their schooling. Um, so we were kind of waiting for them, too, to decide, like, are they telling students to go off campus? Are they going online for the rest of the semester? Like, we didn't know. So the rest of the meeting we kind of just took to just – say some gratitude toward each other, just really enjoy the last probably co hour that we had together for the season and just kind of talked about highs and lows and kind of what we enjoyed most about each other. And, and then we went out and hit for 40, 45 minutes and they played some games and it was, it was really, it was really cool to see how they all just kind of embraced the moment and just really truly enjoyed playing together, which at the end of the day is what, why we all play college sports is because we love the sport and we love our teammates and we love competition. And so it was not obviously the greatest way to end the season. Obviously I really wish I was still coaching and it kind of stinks to be in quarantine and not be able to be with the guys every day, but it was kind of a, a great ending to a not so great situation. Yeah. And uh, how, how far were you guys in your season? I know you guys play a fall season, but in the spring, yeah. How I mean, how when did your season start? January. Yeah, we started the last week of January, um, and so we and then we usually go. I mean, NCAA's go is like end of May, so it's pretty much the whole semester. So we were probably about halfway through 
Um, and so we had a lot, we had a lot of competition left. I think we had played four conference matches and there's nine schools in our conference. Um, so we had quite a bit of season left and we were supposed to go to California on spring break and play some really good competition out there. Um, and then we had a few other non-conference matches scheduled. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Cause I knew, I knew you guys, um, I knew most college tennis places, um, tennis schools do go on spring break. Where in California were you guys going? Were you guys going to LA? No, we were, we were going to, uh, like Palm Springs, like Claremont area, Claremont Mudscripts. Oh, um, is that, was that yeah. during Indian Wells? No. So Indian Wells was supposed to be what this past week or two weeks ago or something. Yeah. Um, we, our spring break is late at Gustavus. So we weren't supposed to go until April 4th or 5th, I oh, think. Yeah. Yeah. And so at first when this whole thing came out, we were kind of like, you know what, having a late spring break might help us <laughs> because yeah. we didn't know, I mean, you know, a couple weeks ago, we didn't really know how crazy this is going to get, but we were like, you know, by April, hopefully this would be a little bit cleared up, but obviously that's not happening. And that's that's because of J term, right? Because you guys don't technically everybody doesn't start classes in school till what, like February first. Yeah, they start like actually Gustavus is even later. They usually start classes the second week of February because the first week what they do is they, it's called touring week, and so a lot of teams like we went to Florida, so a lot of teams go on trips then and they go play outside competition. The band takes a trip, choir goes somewhere, orchestra. So it's kind of like a time where a lot of these like on campus activities go and travel and play sports or do, uh, do concerts. Um, is, did you guys go to Florida then? Yeah, we went to Florida, we went to Orlando. So we got to play at the national campus, USTA national campus, which is gorgeous. Magical, isn't it? Oh my gosh. It's so cool. And they have so many courts, they have hard courts and then they have, um, some clay courts. And then they have, I think, uh, University of Central Florida plays all of their home matches there. And so they have like kind of a stadium. They have 12 courts that are kind of like stadium style. And so we got to practice on those uh, one or two days. It's just gorgeous campus. So that was really fun. Then you came back and everything hit the fan. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Um, Yeah. uh, Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, it's crazy how I'm just just shocked how quickly it all happened. Mm -hmm. Like on Monday of that week, we were like, this is fine. We're going to make it. And we just, you know, wash your hands, just be careful. You go around. And then by Thursday, everybody's world was turned upside down. So did, did, was everybody like off campus within like two weeks of that then? Yeah. So what happened with like Gustavus, the school itself is actually on that Friday that we found out my is done Gustavus later that day came out with their decision, which was they were going to have no classes the following week. They moved up spring break to uh, this current week that we're in. Um, And then they were going to go two weeks online um, classes. And then the hope was to come back then April 14th and be on campus in person. So that's originally what they came out with. So that was a little hope for us in the sense of like, hey, if we come back to campus, we could probably practice, which we get three weeks of practice. And in the spring, that just helps us a lot for the fall um, to keep developing our younger guys. And so we were like, hey, you know what? There might be a little light here that we could come back. And then, I mean, this all happened so quickly. And then that Monday, the next Monday, they said, 
nope, we're going online the rest of the semester. So students had until yesterday to leave campus. Wow, that sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess redshirt-wise, um, I don't know if they're going to do it. I know there's a lot of talks into it, but especially for the spring for the spring season, which is tennis yeah. season. I mean, do you think they should allow a redshirt for some of those guys? Oh, you know, I actually, so I heard, so the Mayak actually will. They just came out. Wow. Yeah, they came out. Just dropped a bomb on me, Kins. I didn't see it coming. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they came out with an announcement, I think, a week ago or this week or sometime. They said, so the Mayak is an undergraduate conference. So if you are in graduate school at any of the Mayak institutions, you you can't play sports. So what they said is, any senior who is graduating, if they continue at their current institution, either to get a second bachelor's degree or a graduate degree, they can have that one year of eligibility back. So seniors who want to stay and want to play their year again, they, they can. Um, and I'm pretty sure that that applies for anybody is that, and the NCAA did this was, if you want to get your year back, if you're a spring sport athlete, you can petition to get your year back and you can get it back. So like for the freshmen, sophomore, juniors, if they're planning on going five years, they can get that year back and play um, all the way through. The thing that I, I mean, I think this is good, but I also am like, I honestly don't think many people will cash this in at the division three level anyway, because one, a lot of the schools like the Davis, we don't have graduate school. So if, oh, if seniors they'll have to go get another degree. Yeah, yeah. So if seniors want to stay, they have to get another yeah bachelor's degree. And it's, so it's like, why would you stay if, if if you're close to getting one? Maybe you minored in something and you need a few more classes to to get um, another bachelor's degree. Sure, then maybe I can see it. But to, if you're not close, why in the world would you stay and try to? take all these classes one more year just to get another degree and to just with the cost of private school education, which is what mostly D3 is. I just can't see many people being willing to shovel out another 40, 50 grand to go play one more year of sports Yeah, because we don't have that athletic scholarship. Yeah. We give pretty good if you're a good student you can get a really good chunk of it knocked off academically with scholarships but without that athletic scholarship and potential full ride or partial i just can't see many student athletes staying another year at the division three level now at division one and two i think they're doing this but if they do it i you know maybe more athletes would those athletes probably are a little bit more I don't want to say into sports, but they've dedicated more time at the division one level. I'm sure um, yeah. that then maybe they would want to, but at division three, I just, I, I think it's great that they did it. I think it's, you know, obviously the times they, I think they made the right decision, but I just can't see many people cashing in. Totally. Um, we're going to ship it from D three tennis to um, the people who get paid to play tennis. Um, <laughs> first off, um, I don't even know who this is. Who's your favorite um, men's and women's players? Yeah. Okay. So I, uh, I go back and forth. Women's side is easy. I 100% believe that Serena Williams is the goat, and she typical. is my favorite. So so typical. <laughs> so typical. No, but I have good reasoning here. Okay. Um, 
I think she has done so much for the game. And so a lot of my graduate work was looking at gender equity in sport, um, in particular female coaches, but female athletes as well. And as I went through my graduate degree in schooling, I really kind of came to the sense of I truly believe Serena is the greatest of all time. Um, funny because when I was growing up, <laughs> I did not like Serena at all. I thought she was kind of obnoxious and didn't really like her. But now knowing what I know, I just think Serena being a black woman in tennis is just like a double whammy. And be how because, successful she is. Unbelievable. Yeah. And just what she probably has to deal with as a black woman in sport. Being a woman is hard in sport because sport is male dominated. And yes, I, I think tennis is really far ahead of other sports in terms of gender equity. I mean, if you just look at what the U S women's national soccer team has had to go through the past year and a half, like Nightmare. Yeah. the, yeah, the fact that women's tennis players get paid pretty comparatively to men it is awesome. But I still think that being a woman in sport, it, it's different than being a male in sport because male sport is made for men and it's male dominated. And so her one being a woman is tough, but her also now being a black woman on top of that, she in tennis too, which is usually like your, you know, it comes across as like your hoity toity, like country club sport where it's usually a lot of white people playing yeah. country club. And so Serena being that token female, black female in sport, I mean, Venus obviously too, but Serena's been a little bit more successful I just think what she has done for the sport and the way she advocates for women and herself, I just truly respect. And I think if you look at her body of work, she she should be in there for the fight of greatest of all time. Yeah, okay, oh, definitely. Her, her UTR, okay, you look at like Fetters and Nadal's UTR compared to Serena's, obviously it's, <laughs> it's not going to be as high because, yeah, the, those guys can hit the ball a little harder they can probably hit it a little bit cleaner than her yeah but if you look at body of work she for sure i think is thrown in that mix so serena all the way is my is my favorite female player um men's side god i go back and forth on this i think i mean i'm a big fed fan who is <laughs> it's hard to root against the guy I know. I love him so much. I um, I think he's a class act. And I know I think when he was younger, he wasn't. But I think he's a class act. I just I really respect him. And I this argument is not as good because I know that I think I do think that Joker and uh, Nadal probably will be more of an argument in the future looking back just because I think they're going to keep winning. I don't know. I think Fed is on limited time here especially with his his surgery he has um and no tournaments so I, no yeah who knows yeah, we might not even true. have any tournaments play this year that's true that's true actually but i think i think i don't know I, honestly i would not be surprised if in the future we talk about all three of those guys as just kind of being like a combined greatest of all time i think you have we have not seen in tennis three people so dominant at the same time and just we call them the big three for a reason. Like they are so dominant. Nobody can really crack into what they're doing or what they have done. And so I, I can't pick one. I would love to say Fetter. I'm just going to say Fetter just because I like him. <laughs> but um, I think the three of them will go down as like the three greatest male tennis players. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I'm with you. And I think like in other sports right now, like if you, I'll pick basketball, the NBA, which, 
whatever, it's the NBA. But yeah. when you look at them, it's like, oh, well, Michael Jordan was really good. Kobe was really good. LeBron's really good. But they're all in three separate eras. And to have, like, the oh, three, yeah. like potentially the three greatest of all time in the same era is, yeah. tr- yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah. And it's amazing to watch. Do you think Do you think Fed's surgery that he's having um, or that he had – um, will help in the help in the long run, and how does that even compare to how he has um, or how the tournaments have been pretty much postponed or canceled? That could also um, it could benefit him because yeah, I mean if so if the French Open doesn't get played this year for some reason, mm-hmm. or now that it's right after the U.S. Open, I mean mm-hmm. Nadal could be gassed. Nadal could yeah. go to the semis at the U.S. Open. Team could lose in the first round like he did this year, and yeah you know, someone else could win that tournament. So do you think all the, do you think this ultimately helps fed? Yeah, that's actually a really interesting question. and something I haven't thought about too much, but I, I think it can and it can't in the same, I'm not sure because I think one, you're right. Is if all these tournaments get pushed back and pushed back, there's no chance for Nadal or Joker Djokovic to win another major. So that, that just in terms of numbers that for sure helps, fed and no one else can play tennis so he's not getting that far behind but i think age is is kind of for all three of those guys too like age is gonna hurt them at some point because they are getting older and they probably do need more time to recover and so if it is once fed comes back if it is tournament after tournament after tournament i think what and he's already started to kind of do this is he's really gonna pick and choose which tournaments he's gonna play um just because of his age and where he's kind of getting with his body, I'm sure he's, you're going to have to pick and choose. And I think Nadal would potentially have to, too, is like, they could be gassed. Like if Nadal goes out there and goes to, and wins the open this year and he has to turn around two weeks later and play the French, like for him and the way he plays in particular, like that, he's going to be, that's a lot of wear and tear on the body. So I think that fed being out right now, it's, it's a good and a bad thing. I think I'm hoping that he can come back and he can be ready to go and all this off time will help and nobody else has gotten majors by that point. But I do kind of thinking about it, worry about the back to back to back to back situation where he might have to, I mean, I could see him only playing in, let's say there's five tournaments, him picking two that he's going to play in. I, I definitely, so yeah, I, I definitely think it's a good idea. And yeah, um, I mean, he doesn't need to play the French anymore. But I do, th- yeah. I do think Federer plays a different game than Joker and Nadal, and his body yeah. or his game, it's a yep. little bit better for his body. Um, yes. Whether he's made it that way over the years because he knows he wants to play into his forties or whatever the case may be, but yep. um, I mean Nadal and Djokovic have to do something at some point because I, I don't think they can continue to play no. the way they play for another no. six seven years and continue no. to have the success they they have. Um, yeah, I guess yeah. moving on to, I mean, staying in the major concept, uh, mm-hmm. you were at the U S open this year. How was yeah. it? How was your experience? Oh my gosh. I love, I want to love watching live tennis, but to be at the U S open is an experience that I will cherish forever. I, I, so I actually went when I was a younger kid, my family, we went, uh, one or two times. I have a cousin who lives out in New York, so we would go every now and then and we went to the U S open a few times. Um, but I was a kid and I didn't really, 
appreciate it the way I will I do now like I remember I can still remember being there as a kid and being like oh my gosh these are long days I have to watch tennis all day like go <laughs> home and so this time I was really excited to just go because I really appreciate watching live tennis good it, it doesn't even have to be like good players the cool thing about the open is you can just buy a ground pass you can't obviously not getting into Arthur Ashe the big stadium but you can see so many people especially if you go the first week which is what we did you get to see better players on the outer courts and even if you aren't watching a top 20 player in the world like it's still extremely good tennis it's just really fun to watch um and something i think that's really cool about the open is that the demographic of people who are there it's just really cool like you get people from all over the world you get people who live breathe tennis like I do and you get people who don't know hardly anything about tennis but they absolutely love being there um so it's a really cool kind of event that brings in so many different types of people uh and all over this all over the sport of tennis like it's we're all there to watch a sport that we we love um and it's just a very fun exciting environment yeah and, and we met up while she was there um with some of our um camp friends that's where me and kenzie met and um like you said if you you guys came during a really good time because it was the first week i think it was towards yeah. the end of the first week right or yeah. middle yeah middle to end of the first week and yeah. you guys had grounds passes and i got off work early so <laughs> You guys, well, the first day it rained, so sorry about that. That sucked. Yeah. Um, yeah. The second day, um, but we could have went, like, if we had Ash tickets, could have went to, like, uh, Serena, I think, played against yep. some maybe, like, top 100 player and steamrolled her. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we watched Monfils and oh Chapo play yep. in Louis and that was like a five set match so even if you do yep. and we sat like upper deck which Louis's not massive so any seat's a yes. good one but like like you said it doesn't matter where or like it doesn't matter especially that first week you don't need to be an Arthur Ashe to get good matches because usually it's really good players against not so great players like yep. there's some really 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 good matches on the outside court you guys want some doubles too yeah yeah actually got to see Azarenka and Vardy like I was in the like second row watching them on an outer court play dubs court seven. And, I remember that match. Yeah. 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 And to me, I'm like, I love, I mean, I really like Ash Barty too. I think she's really cool and really classy and kind of badass. <laughs> I just really like her. And, uh, the person I was with, she loved as And so we were like, Oh my gosh, we have to watch that match. And it was really cool to see that. I didn't, yeah, I didn't get to see him play singles, but heck I got to see him play live tennis. Like, 10 feet away from them so it's that's just really cool yeah we watched some good dubs and a lot of good singles of people i didn't even know but like it's just good tennis just fun to watch you you're gonna go back in the next few years you think you have to (laughs) i oh my gosh yeah i will be back for sure um within the next few years i actually had this idea of i would love to go to like who knows if it'll happen now but the cincinnati open i've heard is awesome and that one is a little, obviously it's not as, as big and grand as the U S open, but I would like to, to get to some of these smaller, um, tournaments, maybe Indian Wells, maybe the Miami open at some point, uh, to see different, different venues and smaller venues where you can maybe, you know, maybe I could see fed. That was my, that was my search when I was at the U S open. I was determined to see Federer 
but obviously he only plays on um, Arthur Ashe, and then he wasn't practicing at the stadium or at, on the on the ground, so I didn't get to see him. But, oh, you didn't get to see him? I didn't know that. No. No, Sad. no, you actually gave me the insider scoop and said he didn't practice. Oh, at... that's right. Cause I knew he yeah. wasn't. Oh, cause you guys were going to yeah. wait. And I was like, Hey guys, yeah. like don't, don't wait he for three hours to watch him. Cause <laughs> yeah. like, and I don't think yeah. he was on the outside schedule too, but no one looks at that schedule. And yeah. so I was like, guys, like <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like, Oh, I know. I remember that. What that one day there were like, there were like 400 people waiting by the practice court. I think it was yeah. before it might have been later in the week, but for his semifinal match and I was walking back oh my to like gosh. my headquarters and I was like, yeah. I looked at like a security guard. I go, what are all these people waiting for? And they're like, they're waiting for fed to practice. And I'm like, Oh, that's not good. <laughs> so I like walked in. I was like, guys, is fed practicing today? And they're like, no, I think it rained that day or something. Okay. So they were like, no, he moved indoors or something like uh, whatever. And I was like, Oh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I went back like an hour later and everyone was gone, but I was like, that is not good. But I think, I think that's right. Yeah. He didn't practice that day. Um, which, yeah. so, which some of them don't, or some of them practice remotely or they, you know, take a day. Off. I mean, you're 38. You don't need yeah. to do four <laughs> yeah. hour practice sessions a day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did get to see Serena practice. That was cool. Yeah. Obviously didn't get to see her play, but got to see her practice and she, yeah, she's a beast. She's like, she's a remarkable human. Let's put it that way. <laughs> she really is. It's insane. Um, <laughs> perfect. Ken's where can they find you on social media? Um, I'm on, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I think it's just McKinsey Salo, um, are my handles, but yeah, I, uh, you big social like media to, fanatic. You know, I am. I actually, I uh, post a lot of stuff about like <laughs> gender equity in sport and what I studied. Um, it's a huge passion of mine. So I post a lot of like articles or um, retweet things that people I follow tweet about women in sport in particular. Um, so I like that kind of stuff and I love, I love sports. So I follow a lot of sport accounts and yeah, I, I use it every now and then. I'm not like huge on it, <laughs> but you did the whole, uh, tp challenge the other day with the racket who was who was holding the phone was that your mom yeah it was my mom and you I hit it right at her <laughs> I, I good accuracy you know i played tennis for how many years um, yeah it, it hit the phone didn't it <laughs> yeah yeah i got challenged to do that and it, that was way harder than you think it is if you are a tennis well you're a tennis fan but i haven't done it yet fan, I, i'm trying to avoid you, it you Okay, you gotta just try it. It's a lot harder than you than you think. It's hard to get the toilet paper roll to like bounce off of your racket. It's tricky. Jordan Steven, did you see you nominated Jordan Steven, did <laughs> yeah. you? And you just like let it go and then you just showed his mustache face, like zoomed in on it. Classic Jordan Stevens. Maybe I'll have him on this thing. God, he'd be oh a, my gosh. he'd be a hoot to talk to, wouldn't he? <laughs> That would be, he would be a hoot for sure. Oh my gosh. Well, and he's a teacher and they're probably doing some e-learning. So he might have a little time on his hands. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm just gonna have a full TLC reunion on this podcast (laughs) and people will be like, what is going on? (laughs) Oh my gosh. You should get Chad. I I thought, I thought about that. I was like, I know it's crazy out there and he's, I'm sure he has a lot of input on kind of just the coronavirus and what's going on. Well, and I know, I know he likes Indian Wells. Oh, yeah, that's right. If I could ever get a hold of him, I feel like I texted him today. He'll respond in, like, May. Like, <laughs> yeah, ah, sorry. sorry, just got out of the shower. Missed this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is hard to get a hold of. God, he's one of the hardest people to get a hold of. 
But then, yep. but then, like, you get a hold of him, and you got like three minute window. Yep. He's just yep. not a phone guy, I don't think. No, he's not. He's embracing the moment, <laughs> California living. Yep, he really is. Yeah. All right, All right Ken's. Well, that was a good chat. We had it for a while. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you can reach out to me at at Jacob Sersosimo, C E R S O S I M O. If you're listening to this, it literally says my name on the podcast. So if you don't know how to get a hold of me for the podcast. That's a problem. Um, you can reach out to Believe at Believe Podcast, both on Twitter and on Instagram. Reach out to them for sponsorship or um, topics. I mean, I think now we have over 100 podcasts, so that's pretty remarkable on the Believe Podcast Network. Other than that, I will try to keep you entertained for the next how many weeks? Who knows? I think June is the next time tennis will be on. Um, and now that Kins has been on the podcast, she will be a reoccurring guest at some point. Um <laughs> You're part of the you're you're part of the believe in the ATP tour family now, so um, nice. you are forced to be on. Maybe when something <laughs> exciting happens this summer, um, all right, we'll, we'll get you back on or during a major because um, yeah. got a lot of good input during a major. I like to you know let it like uh, this fall, this fall yeah. there's going to be like eight majors, Miami, yeah. Indian Wells, like they're gonna put like twenty tournaments in a row, so there'll be <laughs> Busy fall. there'll be more topics than I, maybe I'll podcast like twice a week. I don't know. There'd be too much <laughs> to talk about. But uh, once again, thanks, Ken's, for coming on, and it was an absolute yeah, pleasure you. to have such a powerful woman in sport like you on the podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jacob. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.